0: i really want to welcome you here stace i'm really excited to hear your story thank you um it's so lovely to be here i feel so excited to be on a podcast, the first time
1: of me actually being on any podcast. So I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. And as you and I already know, we can talk
0: forever. So (laughs) yeah, exactly. Exactly (laughs) right. What are your um, pronouns before we get into the conversation? Uh,
1: My pronouns are she, her. Yeah. Okay,
0: okay, cool. Thank you for letting me know. So can you, what I'd love to start off with so everyone can understand a little bit more about you is basically where where you're at in life at the moment um, and a bit of a snapshot of who you are.
1: Um, so I am an art therapist. Um, I have my own uh, private practice. so working on Waterung country in Geelong and um, just a little plug for myself, it's called the Creative Nook Art Therapy. So um, and uh, yeah, I work with I guess a lot of different uh, clients. I work with like young, old, um, lots of different genders, and um, also a lot of neurodivergent people. Mm. Um, I'm neurodivergent myself, so I think that's kind of a bit of a special interest for me. Um, And also, like, know that there is a huge overlap with, like, people who are neurodivergent and people who are queer. So, um, (laughs) such a huge overlap there. So... That's um, a I very just, very interesting. I'm
0: like, tweet. oh, I am a stereotype. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're pro- out here proving the research, right?
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So uh, I'm married to my husband, we have got a dog and two cats. Um, I am a Harry Potter nerd, and I really, really love tea, and I collect teacups. So I'm a bit of a grandma heart, and I like. You know, <laughs>
0: like teacups and books that's that's my thing like the possibly the sweetest (laughs) habit that someone could ever have um
1: yeah so and I guess yeah at the moment just like yeah in life I'm in yeah just like living in Geelong um yeah I got a little thing happening and got my business started and yeah I guess I'm just sort of chugging along in that way so yeah beautiful
0: I think that um you've just made two really good points already like there is such a crossover between neurodivergence um and being queer and I'd love to have a chat about that because I think that's a really important part mm. of the conversation we actually haven't spoken about on the podcast at all um, mm. yet and um the other thing I I love and I think it is a story really worth sharing is um that you and correct me if I'm wrong, but identify mm. as a queer woman and you're you're married mm. to your husband. Yes. And yeah. And there there is that's a story that I really want to hear mm. as well. Can you tell us a little bit about I guess what we'll call your what your queer journey and what led mm. you to understanding that side of yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. So I think I can't really um talk about my sort of queer journey without also. Uh, talking very much about my sort of past um, and experience in the church um, and being Christian um, because that was such a huge, I guess it was a huge part of my life for a really long time. Um, But being in those environments, um, as so many other people have experienced and, you know, from like what we still hear and see now is just that it can be such a hard place for, queer people to be because you're sort of taught that it's wrong, that it's a sin, that, you know, there's sort of inherently something wrong with you. And whilst I'm very, very fortunate that I never experienced conversion therapy, I do know that it happened in the places where I went. Um and I guess that's why it took me so long, or part of the reason why it took me so long to actually come out. Mm. Um, because I think I didn't feel safe and rightly so. Like I wasn't safe in those places and those spaces to sort of be myself and even to I think consciously explore it I think like in reflection I 100% was like I would definitely like I remember like talking about it with some other chick like that I was like more of an acquaintance or whatever at school talking with her about it in like year eight and being like I don't know like how do you know if you're attracted to men or women or like I don't know how you're supposed to know that kind of stuff and not really sort of being able to identify at the time that like that was a genuine sort of you know questioning of mine I was trying to like figure out who I was um but sort of just continuing to go to church, continuing hearing the messages that it's not okay or that it's wrong or bad or sinful, and then sort of coming to a point where in my, so I guess the the like big transition point for me was recognising internally, probably in my like early to mid-20s that, okay, I am definitely not straight. <laughs> um, and then sort of coming to a point where internally, I guess I was like, exploring it and accepting it and accepting this part of myself um and then I remember sitting in church uh one Sunday before the marriage equality vote um and sitting there listening to a pastor up the front essentially telling everybody um that they are voting no the whole leadership team is voting no and having a conversation with somebody at the church after that and I remember her sort of being like I was kind of being like oh, this is really not okay like it's really hard to sit through this and I like really I guess having that conflict
0: mm-hmm. within
1: myself being like well uh, like I mean and, it, and, it, and at this stage I'd kind of already I guess started to question whether I still was Christian whether I believed well, like what where I stood with my faith and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and I remember her just kind of saying like well, oh, you know, sometimes you just have to look, overlook these things for the greater good. And I was like, what the fuck is the greater good in this case? Like, mm. just being like, what kind of a shit response is that?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: I was like, overlook what, who we are? Like, um, so I think it was kind of like that was sort of the, the end for me um, mm. of being, <laughs> of going to church anyway and mm. really sort of like, that was when I was like, I can't stay in this place where I'm told that I am a person I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, and I can't stay here and pretend that, you know, other kids and other people sitting here are not feeling the same things as me. Because surely there is other there are other people that are feeling this yeah. and sitting here and just saying nothing and just silently observing. I was like, no, I can't, I can't participate in this anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: So and, and possibly I'm actually feeling deep, like shame and fear and, and guilt around who they actually are, because chances mm. are there are people in the audience as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there were other people there that were sort mm. of like feeling the same things. But I guess it's like you're so deeply entrenched in those environments mm. um, and the beliefs that you're told that you sort of like. And I think, like even recognizing this, probably more recently for myself. But it's like I think I really, um, like I hid and I changed a part of who I was um, yeah. so that I could feel a sense of belonging and connection. Yeah. And it's like that's that's what I wanted, and that's what I that's what I sort of remember needing, I guess, the most when I went to church, and what I enjoyed about church the most when I went. Was like the connections with other people before and after, like the conversations that you would have, the sort of, you know, friends that you made and all that kind of stuff. And you'd sort of have similar values and all that kind of stuff. Um, And so just kind of reflecting on that is like, oh, I just, I really just wanted to find a place where I could belong and where I could connect with others. And it gave me that, but it was at the expense of my own identity. It was the expense of like, who I am and the freedom of my expression. Mm. And I guess it got to a point where it was like, well, this isn't okay anymore. And I don't need to feel a sense of belonging in this way anymore, like more than like m- knowing who I am. And so it kind of got to that point. And I was like, no, I just need to, I need to leave because this is not okay anymore. Mm. So yeah, I guess that was kind of like the, the point where like I I feel like in terms of like coming out and that kind of thing, like it's it was a very, very slow process for me. It was over a number of years. Um Mm -hmm. and it was like it wasn't just um yeah, a big like, hey everyone, I'm not straight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I love, (laughs) Stacey,
0: is that you've mentioned safety. Which mm. is such so an important yeah. thing because um, yeah. we're we're in a place, and I know you and I are quite empowered in how we use our voices now. Mm. Um, and there's so many other people within the community who are, um, mm. and we want to create those supportive spaces. But I think safety always has to be a part of the conversation, both physical and psychological safety. Yeah, yeah, Financial absolutely. safety, you know, there's so much. There's so much to it, and religion is. Mm. Thank you for bringing this to my attention because it is, mm. something that is, of course, so intrinsically linked with the discrimination that queer people have experienced. And mm. mm-hmm. again, another thing that we haven't discussed on the podcast yet. So mm. I'll, just, I'll just have taken so much from what you've said then um, mm. when it comes to, when it comes to safety in the church, do you feel like that's something that you've really had to unpack, like feeling like it wasn't safe to be your full self around the people that you really wanted to belong with? Has that been something to unpack?
1: Yeah, I actually don't know if I've like unpacked that yet. Um, mm. But I think I probably, like I think it's that whole I found other people that I feel that sort of connection with and belonging and, I also, like, I mean, the thing is, like, I still have amazing, beautiful friends that go to church that are Christian Mm. that I went to church with. And, you know, they're still really great friends of mine. And I think for me, like, just that, yeah, I I guess it's sort of like, because I'd sort of like moved to Geelong, um, like at that particular church anyway, um, that I was talking about before, I think it was like, I'd sort of made a few new friends, but they weren't like long-term friends that I'd had for years or anything like that. Um, I'd sort of just met a lot of them and it didn't feel um, like I was sort of pulling away from this huge community that I'd been a part of for a long time. It just sort of felt like, I think, a yeah, natural transition to sort of leaving the church because I, yeah, as you said, like didn't feel safe to sort of be myself. Um, and I definitely didn't feel safe to be able to explore you know my sexual identity or even my gender identity or anything like that when I was Mm. in like going to church um it just yeah it didn't feel safe but I mean even in saying that I have friends who are queer and trans and you know that do go to church and are Christian and I think that's really beautiful and also really brave because I think you get that sort of pushback from both sides which is shit it's just like or oh, if it, like I think a lot of people tend to have that you know um like find out that someone's Christian and they're like oh like they're gonna judge me they're gonna like you know think these things about me they think that like I'm and it's like yeah it's based on a stereotype but it's a very true stereotype in a lot of ways um so it's kind of like oh you're Christian you must believe this or have that sort of assumption of what people believe or their values or whatever but then to also be you know trans or queer in any kind of way and go to church um I think is like you know you've sort of got the pushback from people who are you know that sort of like older fundamentalist Mm -hmm. kind of thing of like oh well you can't really be a Christian if you're queer or you can't really believe what you know the bible says or who god is or any like whatever things it is you know mm-hmm. it's just sort of pushback from both sides um and i yeah i was like i never really came to a point where i could reconcile the two um mm-hmm. and maybe i will in the future i don't know but it's kind of like for me i just needed to sort of explore my own identity and who i am first and then if i get back to you know church stuff one day than I do if I don't I'm kind of like I don't really count it as part of who I am or what I believe anymore um but it wasn't a you know I didn't, like, it was the whole thing I think people is to tend to think that there's some lot of, you know, dramatic um, sort of leaving and it's like you renounce it and whatever. I was like, no, I just didn't go back to church. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all that happened. <laughs> and, I didn't, like, like,
0: burn the Bible and Burn my and Bible, storming. yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> like, I just didn't go back to church. <laughs> so... <laughs>
0: um yeah how so, was I, it for you like how was the experience of leaving and did things change for you after leaving church um yeah slowly once again like
1: things slowly sort of changed um I yeah when I sort of left once again I was like that whole like it was a slow process it's like I stopped going to church but I think for a little while I was maybe still going to like a little I don't know what they call, like every place calls them something different. They're pretty much just those, like little like group that you meet up with. You might chat about church-related stuff, but sometimes you might just chat about other stuff and it's just like a sort of way to connect with people from the church um, mm-hmm. outside of church. So I think I went to those for like a little bit after I sort of stopped going to the Sunday services. Um, but then I just slowly st- stopped going to those. Uh, when I say like a little bit I mean like probably a couple of weeks and that was that was kind of it mm. but it was also just like you know I slowly stopped going and then I just sort of lost contact with people that were there because like mm. we didn't as I said before it's like I didn't have that like large sort of you know long-standing friendships or whatever I was mm. sort of new there still and it was yeah it was just sort of a slow process of like me I guess not attending and then just sort of losing contact with people um and just making new friends in other places and that kind of stuff so yeah Yeah. Mm.
0: did you feel um because you it's obvious, like you made a conscious decision and did you feel that once you left that space um you Did it have a positive impact to not, I guess, be on the receiving end of that messaging that you were on the receiving end of?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's just like so much of it's like really, I guess, that unconscious stuff as well. It's like, you know, like from going to church for so long, it's just you sort of like internally have all these like, you know, like beliefs or like the things that you think or whatever. But stepping away sort of gives you a chance to be like I'm not being told this stuff is that is this what I actually believe sort of gives you the space to like reflect on like is that what I believe or is that what I've been told Mm -hmm. um and I think it really yeah I think it sort of gave me that yeah a space to sort of step away and yeah just to understand things for myself and have yeah
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What was the question again? Because everything you were saying ties into the question. Did it have a positive impact? Not being oh, yeah. the leading end of that messaging, but what you were saying definitely links into it. Yeah, I was trying to
1: yeah. think of like other positive
0: impact. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know if there's any more to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um, when it comes to um, so you're you're living with your husband, right? And are you yeah. renovating? Pardon? Are you still renovating? No. <laughs> Thank, Thank God. God. It's, I mean, it's finished. two years much, on. I so mean, there's little patch-ups to do, but pretty much yeah. like
1: pretty much done, which is Amazing. nice. Mm.
0: And so with this, like with that, um, I guess the life that you guys have created together, mm. what's it been like um, having this part of yourself that, you know, I've heard you express that you're, you know, proud of and that you mm. love that part of yourself? How has it been exploring that? Um, or being able to connect to that part of yourself when um while you're date while you're dating while you're dating <laughs> your husband while you're married and you know living with your husband.
1: I think it's been yeah really lovely because I think uh, he's so supportive and just he's fucking amazing. Um <laughs> I mean like I wouldn't be married to him if he wasn't. Um but <laughs> I think it's just like even that I guess the process of sort of leaving the church and then all that kind of stuff, it's like it was nice to, you know, like I feel like I had a little bit of time sort of in between meeting him and dating people and stuff where I, you know, was able to date women for a bit and I was able to sort of um do that and actually hilariously so I um Oh, there was like some Facebook group for like, because like, at the time I was vegan, it was like for queer vegans or something yeah. like that. And I was like, oh cool, I'll join this. Like, you know, I might meet another cool vegan person or whatever. Um I, I only
0: Google because I feel like that's another <laughs> stereotype that it gets. Oh, it's such a stereotype, right?
1: right. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. Yeah, ticking all the stereotypes here. Um, anyway, so I was in this group and it was so funny. Um, I didn't realize. So I think I like posted in there. It was one of the first times I'd sort of like on a public sort of platform, like comment about like being interested in you know more than just men Mm -hmm. sort of thing um and I like commented on something and at the time I was sort of labeling myself as bi um and you know I was like oh yeah bye blah 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 uh it was just a bit of an introduce yourself thing and like see if anyone comments and you connect with anyone um I didn't know that like this guy that I went to high school with was in that group and he was still friends like with one of my best friends at the time yeah. And so it was like I hadn't actually come out to her. So like when I did, she's like, I know, because he told me that you posted in this group. And I was like, oh my God. So oh, he
0: like, okay.
1: No, she was bi and then my friend was like well neither die because <laughs> I hadn't come out to her yet interesting how
0: how did that feel did that sit okay with you though I mean, was it,
1: it was just it was fu- like I think I found it funny yeah. uh, more than anything yeah. and um I was like okay cool like I mean to some extent I was like oh she's already processed it so that's nice <laughs>
0: yeah is that a friend <laughs> um, that you've known through the church
1: yeah, well sort of we actually this particular friend I um went we went to primary school together and then a bit of high school lost contact and then sort of became friends again and ended up going to the same church um mm. sort of just after high school sort of thing so it was like a yeah wow <laughs> a sort of thing but it was funny but yeah, yeah so but yeah she was like I mean yeah when when I like came out to her and stuff she was it was just like you know she was like yeah I already know it's
0: fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Are there were there different signs along the way that helped you come to the understanding? Because I know you were saying in year eight, you were talking to one of the other girls in your year level. Mm. You know, how do we know who we're attracted to? Were there mm. things that gave you signs that, oh yeah, I'm attracted to women?
1: Um, I think like more so maybe in hindsight. Um, like, I don't think I realised at the time. It was just, like, things, like, really, really wanting to spend so much time with, like, my friends and stuff from school. And, I mean, (laughs) it was like, I I have kind of lost contact now, but one of my friends um, from high school, I was 100% in love with her. Mm. Like, she wouldn't have known or she might have known and just known that, like, I was way too deep in religion then to feel safe exploring that myself, let alone to even express it. But I definitely, like, had feelings for her. I definitely mm. wanted to be more than friends with her. Um, And it's kind of like in some ways I think that stuff that I'm probably working through is just the regret to mm. some extent. It's just like I feel actually really sad mm. that I never got to explore that with her. Um, because I know that she's not straight either. So it's just like, oh, that's kind of shit that we sort of never, whether, you know, whether she would have wanted to or not is something different. But it's like, you know, at the time I think, you know, we probably did have those feelings for one another or I sort of reflect on some of the things that we like, when we hung out or like the things we said or whatever I was like oh yeah I definitely had feelings for her but I just couldn't sort of consciously admit that so Mm. um but yeah there were definitely other signs along the way like just knowing that I I sort of it was that whole thing of like even sitting in class and you know a bunch of girls would be like oh that boy's so hot and like you know just that whole stereotypical teenage girl thing and I just never felt it I was like "Eh, like I don't know he's just a fucking guy whatever (laughs)
0: like (laughs) he's nothing special
1: (laughs) and they're like he's amazing his body's great I was like I guess <laughs> yeah, there you so, go. it was just like those yeah just those little things of like I just wasn't as interested in guys and I think the thing is I probably also didn't have as much interest in girls at the time but I definitely lacked you know like I think it was just like I I didn't know who I liked at the time probably but it was just like I definitely lacked that whole like you know wanting to be with a guy I was like I don't really care and so you know even being in school and like yeah girls would be super excited about their like boyfriends or this person they had a crush on and I was like I don't really have a crush on anyone but the thing is I think I probably did have crushes on people but they were girls and so I didn't recognize it as a crush because that wasn't okay for me to to know like that wasn't okay for me to feel that so I didn't recognize it for what it was at the time, mm. but I think I definitely had those feelings. So, yeah.
0: And I think that's something I've heard before and, and it is something to navigate and it, it works across the board. There's so many things we learn about ourselves and that we can feel, you know, an element of grief around not knowing it soon mm-hmm. and being able to explore yeah. things with the knowledge that we have now mm. um, way way back when. yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I think that's a really important part the conversation Mm -hmm. were there any um I'm asking everyone if they like had any awakening women so to (laughs) speak and if there was like um a tv character or a singer or a um, actress that was I guess someone that you looked at to go oh my god she's so gorgeous maybe I'm not straight
1: (laughs) um I don't know if I had that specifically but what I can 100% say is that, like, I don't know, like, what another stereotype. I 100% wanted to either be or be with Miss Honey from Matilda. Oh, like. my gosh.
0: <laughs> yes, that is a huge one. I actually think quite a few people responded <laughs> that as their queer away. Oh, really? Oh, I my gosh. So yeah.
1: um, Miss Honey. Yes.
0: Miss Honey, what a fucking babe! <laughs> yes, such a babe and such a classic. <laughs> like you know how art teachers and English teachers have a reputation for being like queer allies yep. at schools, yeah, yeah, like yeah, students feel comfortable. Yeah, such Miss Honey vibes. Oh,
1: huge Miss Honey vibes. Yep. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and when it comes to like when you look back on, um, yeah, I guess when you think of Little Stacy and um, mm. and what she's gone through, is there anything that you wish you could tell your your younger self or just the self who is still coming to terms with who you are
1: Mm, um I think I mean it's probably a lot of things um but I think such a huge one is just like to sort of not like believe it like it just sounds so cliche it was like believe in yourself like mm. what you're feeling is okay and yeah. uh, it's like what you're uh feeling is not wrong it's really normal And um, it's such a yeah um yeah it's such a like normal part of being human 100%. so yeah
0: 100 yeah. percent mm. and um if I'm not sure if you come across people like this, you might have. But if someone was to come along and say, you know, I'm I'm feeling this type of way, I'm going to church and or I'm um I'm feeling like I'm holding myself back with my family and friends, little mm. things like that. Um, is there any advice that you would give someone who's who's new to, you know, brand new to exploring that part of themselves?
1: Mm. I think like And it's, like, along the same lines, but it's just, like, you know, like it's just really about listening to yourself and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, just in so many ways because I think I, you know, I didn't get to explore who I was at the time when I was younger and I wish I had, but it's almost, like, find, find the people that you connect with. Like, find if you think you might be queer, even if you're questioning it. Like maybe it's not safe for you to chat to people, you know, at church or at home or even at school, like wherever it is, maybe it's actually not safe for you to do that. Find places where it is safe to do that Mm -hmm. and, like, find those people. There's so many, like, organisations now that support young people um, who are queer or questioning. Yeah, it's amazing. And just to sort of find you know, those communities and those people that you can connect with and that you can sort of explore that with and chat to about it Um, because it's so important to sort of have that understanding of yourself knowing that it's not wrong or bad. Um, It's just part of who you are and, you know, I think that's probably what I wish that I'd had when I was younger was just a space Mm. to be able to explore that where I wasn't going to get judged, where someone wasn't going to try and push their beliefs onto me. And I think it's also about, you know, we've talked about safety a little bit today as well, but it's just like, you know, listen to yourself. If if it does feel unsafe, you know, like I think there's that line between is it unsafe or am I just really nervous about this? And I think it's like sometimes it is unsafe. So don't force yourself to sort of come out to everyone if it's not safe for you because that's just like, potentially gonna you know create trauma for you but you know find a space where it is safe where it's affirming um and not just you know i think there's that difference between accepting and affirming it's kind of like oh yeah we accept you for who you are blah 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 but affirming is actually like different it's It's not just like yeah yeah exactly this is amazing we love you like yeah you know just this is part of who you are and accepting it as part of who you are rather than something that needs to be changed or you looked over or it's not that much of a big deal. It's like, oh no, it it is because this is part of
0: people's identities. Yeah. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I really want to come back to neurodivergence and, and queerness. In your experience, what do you think might be the like the reason that we've got a lot of neurodivergent people who also are open about being queer? hmm or experience I think, queerness
1: yeah um it's interesting I mean I don't I'm this is definitely not based off of research
0: yeah, sorry. Anyway. no definitely just uh, your
1: experience. <laughs> I think um I don't know I think a lot of neurodivergent people like sort of I think because like particularly like they neurodivergent people tend to like think really differently I guess think outside the box and i guess that's what the whole point of being neurodivergent is that you're not thinking the same as the majority of the world who are neurotypicals yeah. Yeah. and so i think a lot of ways it sort of gives people the opportunity to question like to question things more I think neurodivergent people are great at questioning things they're like but why are we doing it this way and I think a lot of people are like oh it's how it's always been done or you know like if it's not broken don't fix it yeah. and I think a lot of neurodivergent people come along and they're just like but why <laughs> <laughs> like we could make this so much better and I think in terms of you know That's kind of more an outward expression, but I think the internal stuff happens very similarly. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like, but why do I have to be that way? Why do I have to, you know, continue to, like, present myself to the world in this particular way? Or, like, why do I have to operate in the world in this way? And I think that sort of internal process is, like, maybe people are more, I don't know, more, What's the fucking word? Fuck me. Um open-minded? Uh no. Um <sighs> if it's inclined. inclined. Oh, inclined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um more inclined to sort of question their identities, I guess, and have yeah. that internal process of questioning who they are and what their place is in the world. And I think a lot of neurodivergent people do that because they're so you know, they notice that they're different from others and Mm. they're like, how do I operate in the world? Who am I? How do I fit here? What do I believe? And I think all of that question, I'm not saying that neurotypical people don't do those things, but it's more that like neurodivergent people are already questioning those things because they notice that they're different from others. Mm. So it's kind of coming to a point where they can sort of figure out what their identity is or like who they are and where they fit Mm. and the people that they sort of belong with and get a sense of have a sense of connection with and all that kind of stuff so Mm. I kind of think that's probably a huge part of the reason why yeah neurodivergent people tend to you know be queer in some way is because yeah they're already questioning it and I think also because a lot of neurodivergent people don't feel that they need to sort of conform to societal standards. Yeah. So it's okay to be different. It's okay to express that individuality and those differences yeah. um, because they've already like spent so long
0: trying to figure out who they are and how they fit anyway. Mm-hmm. So
1: mm-hmm. Mm.
0: beautiful answer. <laughs> Thanks. Beautiful answer. And I know you're not basing it on like formal research, but I'm sure so much research out there. Is linked in with that. I think Mm that you're exactly right. The the willingness to not live in a box, and you know the the thinking that allows them to explore. um, yeah, I I can really resonate with that, and I know a lot of my mm-hmm. neurodivergent queer clients have have told me the same thing. Like, yeah, the system just didn't exist in their head, and, and yeah, and the, and the gender construct doesn't sit so yeah, you know, so, yeah. Um, firmly in their head as well. So, no, beautiful answer, mm. um, Stace. Thank you so much for being here. That was a really that was the part that you told I just wasn't expecting. Um, the The discussion around church, mm. I I think I really needed to hear that, um, mm-hmm. and just have that reminder of of that added layer that as a queer person, what you can experience in the church, and mm. um, and then also the different layers within it that you can be Christian and queer, and you can um, experience safe spaces in church. But the opposite is definitely true, and and definitely still um, yeah, absolutely so. Um, so thank you for bringing that to the table. I know that that's, um, that's a big conversation. So thank you for your break. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, thank you so much for having the opportunity for me to come on and for, you know, a bunch of other queer people as well. Like it's, yeah, it's really like lovely to be able to have spaces, I think, to talk about this and for other people to hear. Yes. you know, those experiences too because so many others have those experiences. So, yeah.
0: Exactly, exactly. All right, Stace, thank you so cool. much. Um, if you. anyone wants to find you, uh, will they find you at the Creative Nook on Instagram or is there some way to yeah, find Yeah, so I'm a,
1: I'm a bit slack on the socials. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I do have an Instagram page, uh, which is just the Creative Nook. Uh, dot art therapy um but i'm also on google um so just yeah creative milk art therapy i've got a website there and yeah phone number listed and that kind of stuff so yeah
0: beautiful amazing thank you so much thank you for being on honey and enjoy the rest of your arvo
1: yeah you too thank you